This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast, episode number 122. Did you hear how I said that, Peter? <laughs> welcome to the show. Joining me is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How are you doing today, Peter? Woohoo! <laughs> That's a resounding woohoo. Well, it's Friday and it's hot. It's hot. At, we would say it's hot as and insert some sort of expletive up here, but I'm sure down in Nashville, you would just say, yeah, it's kind of warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you don't, if it, when you step outside, if your shirt doesn't cling to you immediately, yeah, it's a cool day. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, we're at 86 and we're targeting around 89 and that's going to happen just about when you and I are finished recording today, and that's when I'm going out for my bike ride. Wow, that is pretty hot. Uh, yeah, it's 84 here. Wow, hotter here. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're in a heat wave. Yeah, um, our, our high is going to be 88 today at yeah, wonderful. 1 o'clock. So. Yeah, that's about the same as what they're saying, except it feels hotter. So, Yeah. So, um, no, it's, uh, it's a warm one, and I went for a run yesterday. I could really only muster about 5K, and then I was like, you know what? I'm, it, it's, it's like it was 89 degrees, and I waited until after the sun had started going down. Uh -huh. And it was still super hot. I could have gone further, but because of the lateness in the day, I ate some food first. So even though I waited about an hour afterwards, I still mm. had that in my belly, and that affected my performance. So. Today is like a recovery day, but it's a biking day. So okay. do some mountain biking instead to recover. Well, my daughter made dinner last night and it was, it was tasty, but it was more or less a burrito or, or the meat and mushrooms and all the stuff and wrapped in lettuce. Like, oh, lettuce is, wrap. Yeah, lettuce wrap. So. Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't think that I've eaten a lettuce wrap as a meal other than like hors d'oeuvres at parties before, but it, it was actually tasty and it was very healthy. Uh, she had rice for the carbohydrates. So kudos to her for making a, a good, tasty, healthy meal. But I sure was hungry this morning when I got up. <laughs> <laughs> I found myself snacking a lot last night and, uh, but you know, well, whatever. I'm I'm burning it off. I'm exercising, so I'm I'm okay. Mm -hmm. ah, lettuce wrap stuff. Though. Let's um, Vietnamese uh, recipes do that a lot. They'll yes. use iceberg lettuce, and uh, you know it, it can be pretty decent. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I kind of if I'm going to do a sandwich, though, I prefer something a little more substantial generally. Yeah, it, it was tasty though, and it was it was an Asian. I don't know if it was particularly Vietnamese or Thai or whatever the recipe, but it was good and it wasn't overly powering with like sesame teriyaki or things like that. You know, it's like, eh, this is a good, good light summer meal, you know. An Asian burrito. Asian burrito. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, what, uh, what do we have for headlines for today? 
Uh, for headlines, you know, um, I would say, I mean, nothing new, which is kind of ironic. There's plenty of new things happening, but it's all the, the, the same things. I mean, we're sitting in civil unrest with racial things and economic things and, you know, COVID things, COVID diseases things, things, Uh, yes. So, you know, Spock said, you know, may you live in interesting times. Um, (laughs) This we're definitely living in interesting times right now. (laughs) I don't think he said it first, but he did say it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was, I've been watching on the COVID front, you know, noticing how the, um, the, the states that have said, no, no, we're reopening, like notably California and Florida mm-hmm. and Arizona, how all of their numbers are spiking mm-hmm. and how Brazil, which never actually went through a lockdown, mm-hmm. has now gone to number two. And at this rate, I think they're going to catch up to us pretty quick. Number two is being like the most cases. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're at over a million, uh, over um, over a hundred. Uh, no, one million. Sorry, I can't read. They're at over a million cases as of today. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I was chatting with uh, Elizabeth, my wife, who is um, right now a retired oncology nurse. You know, just talking about the medical aspect of this. You know, because I'm like, well shouldn't we just all go out and, I mean, you and I have talked about this. Shouldn't we all just go out and get it and, you know, the strong will survive and will the rest of us will build antibodies and then, you know, perhaps they'll come up with a vaccine. And she said, she said, yeah, more or less. However, this fall, it could mutate. So you could, you, you or I could get it now and the fall variation of it could mutate and get mm-hmm. it again. Uh, yep. So it's like, ah, well, this just kind of sucks. But I mean, it it is what it is. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is those like there's there are other countries that are you know just saying like, yep, we understand we're opening up and you know people are going to die. Yeah, and and they're just being a little more open about it, you know. Whereas us, we're like, oh, let us do whatever we want. It's, a, I don't know, doesn't, uh, yeah. And I when I go out, you know, like on my runs and stuff, I'm seeing plenty of people who are not wearing masks, who don't even have them. Like when I run, I'm not wearing it the entire time, mm-hmm. but when I start to get close to people, I pull it up over my, you know, over my face. Mm-hmm. Um, but yesterday, I saw eight or so people playing um, hockey in a mm-hmm. roller you know, rink, none of them wearing anything. I see people playing basketball. No one's wearing masks. Yeah. People are just not taking it seriously. They're thinking that, you know, like I don't, that they, they may not have been from the get go. Yeah. But the, the thought is like, no, no, you know, can't happen to me. It'll happen to someone else. And, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the gym, you know, we're at the gym, uh, the gym's back open and running full swing. Uh, I mean, we are, I mean, we're not wearing masks to work out. We, mm-hmm. we never have, uh, but we had the temperature checks going in and we, I mean, there's more time taken for spraying down equipment. We've always wiped down the equipment because CrossFit is a nasty, sweaty activity. Yeah. So yeah. we always wipe down, but now it's like a really intentional soaking wiping letting it sit before we handle it or whatever but yeah we don't we're not wearing masks at all interesting Mm -hmm. has has that 
has that come up in discussion at all or just just saying heck with it we don't need them i mean well yeah i mean as long as i mean when we were doing the um uh waivers you know mm -hmm. for people come in no we we've just never never worn a mask for the workouts. I mean, we just, it's like, well, it's an inherent risk with coming here and working out. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Huh. And it, but it, we have, we're in a big facility. Uh, we still try to keep distance from one another, but mm -hmm. we're in Are the you same. Doing those like partnered exercises where you interlock ankles and come up and, you know, clap hands and stuff. Like no, that. none of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I'd be worried there for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, one of the guys today, I mean, he and I shared a kettlebell, but we're only sharing it with our hands. I mean, and I'm mm. not going to take my hands and put them directly in my mouth or my eye or. <laughs> I, hope not. I mean, what you can help with that is like, if you put gloves on, you're probably less likely to touch your face after that. And plus if he's got gloves on, that helps too. So. Well, yeah, I mean, that only helps you not touch yourself. It doesn't. Right. But if the two of you are not touching, you know, well, whatever, like I mean, if yeah. he's into his gloves mm -hmm. then you're touching the same thing. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. like your face with your gloves. I don't know. I've found like if I wear gloves, it makes me more cognizant of when I reach for my glasses or mm -hmm. my headphones. Yeah. And so to that note, that's why I don't wear my headphones anymore when I go shopping. Because I found that at some point, you know, my AirPods will start to come out and I'll have to start touching things. Yeah. So if I don't have that temptation, I just take it off the board and it's just a little easier. Well, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I guess I have a habit or, you know, a lifestyle of always considering my hands to be dirty. Yep. So, I, I mean, I just, I don't touch my mouth. I don't, I don't put my fingers in my mouth. I don't chew my nails. I don't rub my eyes. If I do have to rub my eyes, I usually like pull the inside of my t-shirt and kind of, you know, it's so that I don't directly touch it with my dirty fingers. Uh, yeah. I, I just consider my fingers to be dirty. And then yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you get into that habit, it, it's, it's not unlike, you know, security best practices. If you assume that, you know, there are bad guys wandering around. You will lock your workstation before you get up and leave the desk. <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. So, well, and then I, when Nashville is moving into their phase three on Tuesday, I believe, uh, and that's the fate opening, opening up mm -hmm. as far as uh, the last phase, which I'm kind of surprised that uh, the mayor of Nashville has been very, very conservative as far as places opening up Hendersonville where I live and the surrounding cities opened up more, but of course we've got lesser population, but he's been pretty, pretty strict about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, good, good, good for Nashville, but bad for Nat. It's, it's good on one hand and bad on the other. Um, I don't know. The, the, we're too politically correct to say, all right, you know, everybody just do life as normal and the folks who die, die and the folks who don't survive, you know, the strong, the strong will survive. We're not a nation that will just say that and do that. <laughs> we won't say it, but we're kind of <laughs> doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
so there you go. Well, hey, hey, we're getting political again. Yay. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, no, no, we're just talking about people. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> we're not, yeah, yeah. But, people, but people are, yeah, anyway. anyway. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, speaking of politics and government and stuff, you've talked uh, at length on a couple ad, ad of nauseum? <laughs> ad nauseum. No, I wouldn't say ad nauseum, but no. uh, on occasion about the uh, payroll uh, paycheck protection programs. Right. Now, I, uh, as the you know owner of an LLC without employees, right, because I take everything as draws. Mm-hmm. Um, did not think that I was eligible for the Paycheck Protection Program, mm-hmm. or I never bothered applying. Right. Well, my accountant called me a couple of days ago at about 3.30 and said, hey, have you applied yet? And I said, no. He said, well, you should. Yeah. Started walking me through the process to apply through my local bank. So working through Citizens Bank, um, I started filling out the form, and it's not all that complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few things I had to go back and double check. Like one was they asked, did you receive the, um, the EIDL loan? The, uh, right. the, I forget what that was. Like, well, the, uh, the grant and the loan. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I had, except they wanted to know, did you receive it between January 30th and April 3rd, which I did not. I got yeah. mine afterwards, right. but I had to look these things up and came, turned out that I finally got to submit the form at like 4.03 PM only to find out that my bank had implemented a four o'clock cutoff. For the application or just for the whole thing? For, their, for accepting applications. <laughs> Nowhere on the website did it say anything like that until mm-hmm. after four o'clock had come around. And then they're like, oh, we're sorry, we're not taking any applications anymore. <laughs> so I called the local branch and they were just as absolutely helpless as I expected them to be. Mm-hmm. So no help at all there. I reached out to a bank that I still have a relationship with in Vermont. And they also said, well, now you're not based in Vermont anymore, so we can't help you. Uh, and I said, okay, great. So then uh, today I found out that cabbage.com, it's cabbage with a K. Yeah. Um, they're an organization that just does small business loans and stuff. I've heard them a number of times, but I never needed them, so I didn't bother. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they are facilitating this paycheck protection program. Yeah. So I submitted my application to them. Um, they said they've received it and, you know, automated stuff, mm-hmm. but um, no artificial cutoffs, et cetera. And, you know, the person at the bank that I spoke with yesterday was like, oh, but it's not us doing this. It's the government. I said, no, the government's cutoff is June 30th. Yeah. You are the ones who cut this off at four o'clock yesterday without telling me in advance, you know? Yeah. If I had known, I would have scrambled to get all that done and you know, submitted it prior to four o'clock, literally within like three minutes. That was just annoying. So, you know, lesson there is if you're going to put a deadline, tell people, jeez. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. My, um, my application is in now. So, you know, fingers crossed. Well, and so I did find out some more information about the EIDL loan since we're sharing information on that. The, yeah. So I didn't apply for it because um, you it would be in conflict with the PPP loan. Right. And, but where you can use it is you can use it for things other than what you use for the PPP loan. 
So if you paid for your rent, your utilities, your payroll, all things allowed by the PPP, mm-hmm. then you cannot use that loan money for uh, the same things. You would have to use it for, you know, vendor mm-hmm. operations, oper- you know, vendor operations, right. things like that, uh, equipment, things that you had to do. And, but EIDL is no longer, the SBA, there are no more grants because right. the initial grant process was you got $1,000 per employee. Uh, and yeah, there, there's, there's no more grant money. There is no more forgiveness for EIDL. Yep. However, what makes it appealing is it is a 30-year loan at 3%. I think that was what it was. And, is it 30? Uh, 3 Oh, three. It was a 30 year low. That's a mortgage. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. Well, I forget now if that's right. But, but you'd have, you know, a very small interest rate. You'd have 30 years to pay it back. You know, I'm not, I'm not interested in that and I'm not going down that road. I mean, I don't, I mean, yeah, it's nice to have a good interest rate. Um, yeah. And you never know when you might need that. Yep. But, uh, yeah, well, I frankly, know. I just want, I want all the money that I can get for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the EIDL, it's, it, there's nothing there for free anymore. Right. right. Uh, so the, 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 the PPP is all the, the, the free money that there is. <laughs> all the free money that's fit to give away. And I say free. I mean, yeah, you've been quotes. paying it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> You're just getting a little bit of your money back. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll see, you know, cause it all depends on what will be forgiven and stuff. So. Yeah. So we'll see what happens June 30th when I turn in my paperwork and say, here's all my expenses. And they say, hmm. yes. or they say, no, ah, we've changed things again. Yeah. We changed know? things. We're yeah, at, doesn't this, that anymore. Sorry. Yeah. This is actually going to be a loan. And when we say 1% loan, what we meant was 11. Uh, (laughs) We meant one, not 1%. So we meant one, which is actually 100%. So you have to pay back double. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like something that would come out of of Washington. Yeah. And we've we've got some local collectors, Guido. Yeah. Yeah. He's good good at fixing kneecaps. He'll be right over. (laughs) It'll help you uh, hobble for the rest of your life. Hobble. Yeah, so we're happy. Have opti- optimistic business owners that we are. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, so, you know, yeah. The, the expression, you know, pre- you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just sit there and wring your hands and fret a lot. Well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Got to move on. Speaking of moving on. <laughs> moving uh, on. So I'm trying to sell my rental property. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of interest and uh, most people seem scared off at the, the uh, common area property that needs attention. So there's some exterior defects that are in process right now uh, where, where we have a lawsuit against the developer to fix them. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so that's annoying. I mean, these are all things that I fully disclose. It's not like I was hiding them, but it's yeah. enough to, you know, scare people off. So, so it looks like I'm out 
a, like, you know, a month's worth of rent and then all the money that I spent fixing the place up and listing it and showing it and staging it. So that's great. Cheers. Yay. Thanks. <laughs> Wonderful. Way to throw away some more money. And on the topic of throwing away more money, I have to decide by the end of the month if I want to buy pre-buy my full auto, fully self-driving capabilities for my Tesla. Uh-huh. So now I planned, because the reason is that Elon is raising the price again on July 1st. Okay. So if I bought that capability when I bought the car, it would have been $3,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's 4000 and apparently it's going up to 5000 next month. Mm-hmm. Of course, we still don't know when it's going to be out other than his tweet, which said, soon. <laughs> this was back in January. That was the last time they gave an update. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I've had this car two and a half years now. You know, yeah. it's like I planned on having it for like six to 10 or so. Mm -hmm. like, am I even going to get this capability by the time, you know, I'm done with this car? I'm starting to get, you know, it's like, ah, I don't know. You know, I really want this ability. I want the, you know, I think it sounds really cool, but I'm really also kind of skeptical that it's going to yeah. happen anytime soon. <laughs> well, and I mean, the whole, the whole concept to me still scares me. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I, you know, obviously I'm an independent type person and I like to have control. I mean, I, I run my own business. I mean, so character flaws aside, it still, <laughs> it still makes me a little bit nervous. The, the computer handling all that at, at a, you know, at a 70 miles an hour yeah. with note my to, note to self owning your own business is now a character flaw. <laughs> Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, wanting to be in control of your entire life, yeah, but no. <laughs> I real, but see, I I realize now that the there is no, I really don't have control. I just have influence over some aspects. There you go. Influence in case, may as well let Elon take over. Yeah, influence is not control. Yes. <laughs> Because you can influence a concrete wall and make it dirty with your hand, <laughs> but you didn't knock it down. <laughs> Good way of putting it. I like that. <laughs> You've influenced the wall. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. All right. Um, so uh, shall we move on a little bit? I, oh, well, I guess we were going to talk a little bit about it. So I mentioned biking and stuff because mm -hmm. of the heat. Yeah, I'm like, you know, part of me, I want to just keep on plodding along. But now that I finally have a working mountain bike for the first time in like a year. Yeah. I really do enjoy mountain biking. Mm -hmm. And so it's like I had to start thinking about that where I'm sort of sacrificing running, which I enjoy, but it's primarily a fitness thing. Right. right? I run not because I like the way I feel when I'm running. I like the way I feel when I'm done running. Right. And the next day, you know, mm -hmm. so that's like an investment. Whereas mountain biking, I feel good afterwards, but I also, it's so much fun. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's like, but literally it's maybe half as effective a workout uh, mm -hmm. uh, the way I mountain bike generally, because I'm not going super fast. Mm -hmm. When I am going fast, it's generally downhill where I'm not working as hard. You know, I'm still working. There's still stabilizing muscles going on and stuff. Yeah. Um, you definitely get more upper body workout biking 
as, mm-hmm. as, as counterintuitive as that may be, you know, you are using your hands and your upper body and your shoulder and back more than do running. So um, I just, you know, sort of resigned myself to like, all right, you know, I, maybe I won't run every day or I won't run every other day, but I will go back to, you know, biking every now and then. Yeah. Um, but that said, I'm still trying to like run every other day, maybe bike every other day and do yoga every now and then, you know, <laughs> so, so it's not like I'm not, you know, like not working out every day, mm-hmm. just I'm not running as much as I was, but I think I'm okay. You know, now that we've talked through it, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, I, I think you just have to spread it out and, you know, I think it, I think generally speaking, as a fitness, uh, it would be good for you to split it up anyway, because as you, yeah, cross training. Because as you said, the bike, uh, it while it doesn't burn as many calories as the running because of the way that you do it, you're still getting plenty of exercise. Yeah, uh, and you're you are saving your knees and your ankles and your back by. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on how hard you're mountain biking. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, on that, note, on that note, though, too, I hear people say that, like, oh, running's terrible for your knees. I got to say, my knees have never felt better since I've started running. Yeah. And I've had knee issues since I was 13. Yeah. My knees so, feel, you know, my knees feel good, better doing CrossFit mm-hmm. than they did when I was not doing CrossFit. Yeah, and, I mean, and generally exercise is a good thing, but if you exercise wrong, I mean, f- boxing can be a really good workout, but if all you do instead is go and punch that concrete wall every day, <laughs> yeah. there will be negative repercussions. Mm-hmm. You know, arthritis, broken bones, flailing <laughs> the skin off your, uh, you know, knuckles, etc. So, yeah. So yeah. I think it's good. I think I think mixing it up is good. Well, that's why I mix in uh, yoga. And I don't just do all CrossFit all week long. Right. I mean, I would think I, I've never actually having done a CrossFit workout. I can't really comment on that. But I get the impression that CrossFit is, you know, that you mix it up a lot, though, don't you? You do mix it up a lot. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, so the exercises are very diverse. Mm-hmm. But you can't get the aspects of, of stretching and recovery uh, without doing something outside of the CrossFit class. Okay, okay, okay. Right, but but right, right. But it's it's a a variety of what strength and aerobic training, right? Right, strength aerobic. Yeah. You know, it, so the we do a lot. You know, we do like squats some days, a ton, and then box jump ups, and then yep. pull ups, rope yeah. climbs, and all these yeah. things. So it's it is nice to have a big diversity of things. It also keeps it interesting. Yeah. Well, it's like the difference though, look, you know, making sure you eat a lot of protein, you know, your, your CrossFit is, it's your chicken and your beef and your pork and your fish. Yeah. But it's not giving you your vegetables. Yeah. It, and those yeah. Are too. Yeah. That's a good analogy. You know, well, and, and they try to do a good job of warm up and then having cool down. It, it is part of the programming cool right. down, and there's recommended stretching afterwards. Right. Uh, but people don't want to take the time that it is really required for stretching. People just don't generally like it. Dude, I'm a yoga teacher and even I don't like to necessarily stretch and stuff as a cool down. Yeah. 
I love doing it as a yoga class, mm-hmm. but like before and after a workout, I don't know. I'm in like, I'm in yang mode, man. I want to move. I want to go want to hit things and run. So I can relate to that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like, I like to stretch, uh, cause I've got tight. Well, my hips are a lot more flexible than they were, but I used to have really tight hip flex mobility issues and that as soon as I get done working out my hips are looser by heat and I'm able to stretch them then and I'm like oh I feel so much better so speaking of that that's one of the things we wanted to cover today so you had mentioned some time ago ROMWOD right (laughs) which is you know which is essentially yoga but it's your Mm -hmm. range of motion workout of the day right and I was curious about how the I I understand what stretching is and I probably can tell what most of the positions and the stretches are just based mm-hmm. on what you're doing. But I'm curious how it's presented. Okay. You know, I'm assuming that you don't have, um, you know, incense burning and you're not saying <laughs> namaste and you're not referring, referring to these poses in Sanskrit or whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, which I generally don't do any of those in my yoga class. <laughs> but in my school of yin yoga, um, there's a heavy influence, uh, heavy emphasis, influence, influence, emphasis, influence. Yeah. Influence. We emphasis. wrote a word today. <laughs> an, an emphasis on um, the, the, the in-between poses the, or the resonance poses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like after you stretch, giving a minute or two for the, you know, connective tissues to sort of rebound to their normal positions. And also, um, like for maximum benefit, if you are targeting the connective tissues as opposed to the softer, you know, stringier muscles, um, doing so not necessarily after an intense workout so that Mm. you're targeting different things. Mm -hmm. So the reason I ask that is now that I'm tailoring my more active classes, my yoga for runners, for example, um, I'm starting to put together routines which are, um, you know, like geared towards after a run. Well, after a run, you're going to likely be hot and sweaty. So, you know, it's not a, a, a yin yoga class as I would call it, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's no emphasis on the meditative comport, com- component. We're not looking in the, you know, talking about or, you know, considering traditional Chinese medicine aspects. I mean, these are all, they're all there if you want them, but you're not, we're not thinking about it. Right. Um, And it's, um, you know, and we're not sitting there for as long, but I still do like, you know, like some of the the stretches, for instance, in a traditional, uh, like an Ashtanga class or certain forms, there might be very, uh, rigid prescriptive ways like your feet should be heel to arch alignment and it should be you know your front knee should not be bent you know so that the, the knee should not go over the toes and this should be at 45 degrees and that should be at 90 degrees whereas my teaching has gotten it's a little more of that yin aspect it's like go to where you feel the stretch Mm-hmm. And stretch, you know, if this hurts, don't do that. You know, right. so my, my prescriptions are a little different than, you know, some, you know, I would say is like more uh, fascist <laughs> type of, you know, or, or we call them, you know, like uh, alignment Nazis. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, I don't say anything like that in a real yoga class because I might really offend somebody. But hey, 
I was, you know, I'm of German descent. So if I can't say it, who can? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so I was just curious, what is the, like how, and I know you're not a teacher, but you've done enough of this cross, CrossFit stuff. How is Ramwad presented? Like, you know, what are the types of instructions? How are you told to affect these, you know, these stretches and hold them and stuff. What's the cueing like? Okay. So, well, it, it is not, uh, the Ramwads are not fully um, accepted by all of the athletes because some people uh, just don't enjoy it and they're like, they, they make fun of it a little bit. Uh, but me, as somebody who recognizes the value of yoga, I'm like, no, guys, you really should do this because it, it, it will help it will help your workout. You will do better workout if you have better flexibility in these areas. And so the way that they uh, cater to that, uh, the, the workouts are picked out a week in advance. And a lot of times, if there's going to be a Ramwad after it, it will be one that will be focused on the body parts of that workout. And it's typically a pre-recorded uh, workout. And they, I guess they get it as a subscription for, you know, cause, and they've told us, Hey, we have access to this and you can go here and, and watch these videos. So it is presented at the end of, end of the workout. Okay, guys, we're going to do the, the Ramwad for afterwards. And they kind of turn down the lights and we follow it. And so whoever is leading like any, any instructor, they have their little bit of way of doing it that might be slightly different than somebody else. Typically, turn down the lights a little bit. The music is soothing. Turn it down a little bit. And then it's more of getting into a, po a, a stretching position, not as strict. I mean, it's, it's more along the lines of, you know, if you're doing a caterpillar pose, you know, go down as far as you can. <laughs> You know, if you don't reach X, then somebody jam you in the back until you do. You know, no. Yeah, that's always a good practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody lean. Well, and you know, I didn't. It, we used to do that in like football and things like that. When some, you're stretching and somebody push on your back for you. I mean, not roughly, but gently adding pressure to get further. Now I don't. I'm like, no, that's wrong. Don't don't push on my back. I will let gravity. And time take me where I need to be. <laughs> yep. So, so that's kind of, uh, I mean, that's kind of it in a nutshell. It's not uh, a lot of people. It's funny. Some of the people who were not really interested in it, you know, they're like, that was really relaxing and I feel a lot better. And, but it is always a two to three minute hold. It's not a quick, Yep. Uh, it's not a quick, you know, stretch it's not a flow. It's not a, you know, but it, it, that was kind of a thing for, it was eye opening for people as well as, you know, it's like, wow, this is a really long time on there. And if you've, you know, as somebody who does yin yoga a lot, I'm like, Oh, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah okay. <laughs> that wasn't really long, but I mean, I, I mean, I used to like, I'd hate 90 seconds of something now. 90 seconds is I'm just now, finding my spot and in here maybe I can do a little bit more and find the edge because I haven't even you know <laughs> when I first got there 
the beginning was the edge. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, that's it. The edge moves over time, you know? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I was just curious about that because again, like I said, the, um, you know, different schools of thought and, and I'm not presenting this as a yin yoga class, but I was talking with one of my fellow teachers who's, she's big into yin, you know, and, and she was saying like, you could just call this like a, a yin and yang yoga class. And I'm yeah. like, well, it is, it's a, it's a mixture of each. Um, you know, the intention is different, but you're still, you know, whether the majority of the stretch is going into the muscles or going into the fascia, you're still stretching. And, you know, in general, this is a good thing. You know, you're still cooling mm-hmm. down, you're still rebounding and helping, you know, your body recover. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, anyway, I was just curious about how that's, um, how that's presented to you. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, not everybody took it serious or really wanted to do it, but they're like, eh. but you know, CrossFit is doing really sucky exercises that you wouldn't do by yourself or like you, you would do them and then you'd modify them. But yeah, wait, you know, wait, when you say sucky, do you mean like, uh, it sucks to do these or like they're bad for you? Uh, it sucks to do them. Yeah. they okay. They're just, you know, a lot of the, you know, I am a, uh, a 46 year old man doing Olympic overhead squats. Would I ever do that on my own at home in my home gym? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I recognize the value of them and I said, yeah, that's a good exercise. Am I going to volunteer to do that? No, but, yeah. but well, that, I mean, that's, that's part of the accountability thing, right? Yeah. If 20 of my other peers are, are doing it and you know, they're struggling to, to make it work and uh, you know, yeah. Then you? I have to do it. Otherwise I, I look it. stupid. <laughs> yeah. and I can't have that. <laughs> I can't have that. <laughs> can't have that. <laughs> but I mean, oh. that's one of the, that, you know, it, it isn't peer pressure. You, it is accountability. accountability. Like said. But, that's, but that, that kind of is peer pressure. <laughs> yeah, it is peer pressure. You know, I'm not doing something bad, you know, yeah. uh, it's peer pressure, but it, you know, it's the intention. It's, it's peer pressure, peer pressure with good intention. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, in some days you go in there and you don't feel it. And, but cause everybody else is, you know, going after it you, you get along after it too <laughs> yep I hear you. so hey i got a question for you okay. um and this falls into my nifty for this week okay now we used to be part of the same accountability group before i was um you know speaking of accountability groups before i dropped out <laughs> but actually I take that technically you dropped out you dropped out first, but then you came back. <laughs> then I dropped out, but I did not come back. But you and I got back together. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the components was that we would share financials, right? And I remember between you, me, um, Tim, other Tim, Matt. <laughs> Justin, uh-huh. you know, all these different, we had various, we were all like similar, but there were some, like some of us had no employees. Others had a handful of employees. Right. right? And that little difference between zero employees and say five makes a huge difference on the scale of numbers. 
Right. And I remember one of the things that we were supposed to do was compare financials, mm -hmm. right? I don't remember though ever using common size financial statements. Is that something that you guys do? Does that ring any bells to you? No. I mean, I, I mean, I understand the concept, but no, it was never part of it. it. It seemed to me that that would be something, and this is something that I, this is like one of the takeaways that I have from my finance uh, class that I'm taking right now. Mm -hmm. um, it could be useful to you guys, particularly if you're bringing on someone new mm -hmm. and they're hesitant to share financials. Mm -hmm. Right. For whatever reason. Now, I mean, we did a pretty good job being geographically dispersed so right. that we wouldn't, you know, we're not like, we're not supposed to be direct competition, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. um, but it seemed to me like if you use common size financials, that essentially what you're doing is everything becomes a ratio or a percentage. Mm -hmm. So you can say, you know, like, well, our expenses, you know, we, we are, our profit margin is 30%, mm -hmm. right? Well, if your profit margin is 29% and mine is 33%, we don't have to, you know, compare and know that you did $10 million this year and I did $1 million this year. We can still mm -hmm. see that we're on roughly the same track, right? Right. And you can also use that to compare your, against yourself year over year or quarter over quarter. Mm -hmm. So you just, you know, essentially you just divide, you, you take a, you know, the, the base number and you divide whatever into it and you come up with a percentage or a ratio. Mm -hmm. um, but it uh, struck me as something that you and your, your accountability group might actually benefit from. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because one other thing I found, it was just a little bit easier to wrap my head around the numbers Mm -hmm. um, there are no commas in the numbers, so it's a little easier just to eyeball them. Yeah. You know, it's easier to see 20 than 333,027 and, you know, like, oh, I misplaced a decimal point and stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, these things, it sounds petty and kind of silly, but you'd be surprised at how many times, you know, when you're doing math, people misplace a decimal point. Yeah. Something. <laughs> Uh, I remember a friend of mine was doing that when he was doing all of his COVID-19 predictions. And he was saying, there's no way we're going to have more than 20,000 cases in America, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then he, he called me a week later. He's like, I misplaced a decimal point. Oh, my God, we're going to have 200,000 cases. This is <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. And just last night, um, I noticed uh, for the week's discussion, um, one of my uh, classmates said in his, you know, conclusion. Yeah, in my conclusion, I opt to take the $1,500. Well, it was supposed to be 15000 yeah. And this guy was like, this guy's on the ball. He's one of the bright ones in my class, not one of the ones <laughs> who makes me face palm every time I look at his work. <laughs> so I was like, you know, even we can make some, you know, mistakes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, silly ones. So my thought was that common size financials might be uh, helpful for you guys and that, uh, you know, maybe something that you guys can use when you're just doing your own internal um, mm -hmm. comparison, whether it's comparing against each other's business or yourselves year over year. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to know a little bit more about that. Well, uh, some of the things though, I was, well, like one of the, the numbers that I was thinking about, which would be hard to compare is like percentages of, uh, cost and like, and also percentages of profit. So let's say that I have a million dollar company and you have a hundred thousand dollar company and I'm shooting for 1% profit. Mm -hmm. Well, 
my 1% and your 1% would be right. But being able to say, well, okay, so Peter, you need to be at like 10% profit to equal my 1% profit. Right. Exactly. But, you know, again, and if, and if that's the goal, then, you know, like that's a real uphill mm-hmm. battle for me. Mm-hmm. But if the goal is to show that we all, you know, increase stuff by 10%, mm-hmm. you know, it's easier to see that and like, oh, yeah, you know, year over year, I've done a 10% growth. That's great. But if I say, well, year over year, I only added 100,000, you're like, I added a million. You're like, well, <laughs> yeah. thanks. You know, did you factor in the fact that your business is already 10 times larger than mine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was my thought. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a good thought. Cool. Nifty. Common size financial statements. <laughs> On that note, should we take it out? Yeah. I can't believe it's already. It is. Time. We stayed up on track and we got to the end and bada bang. <laughs> so if you would like to send us some feedback, we would like to take it. You can send that to us at blurring the lines podcast.com. There's a contact form on there and uh, all of the bad feedback goes straight to Adam's inbox. And all of the compliments, uh, they come straight to me. So send them. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I am at Nicolaitis. And Adam is at Sublime Comp. Um, Adam has a Facebook account. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think that's about it, right? That's about it. Other that's about than, it. There's one thing left to do. What, what's that, Adam? Hit the big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.